Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together in this great assembly of your people. Father, it's time to hear from you that message you have for us this day. Lord Jesus, come in your fullness and your power to bring unto your people the bread of life. Speak unto us, O Lord. Let no man be noticed that I will just be a vessel to pass your word to your people. Lord Jesus, take over now. I hand over unto you, all of us, that we shall profit with that, the word of God, which is designed for us today. And our joy be full. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I welcome all of us to this first Sunday in June. June this year, 2023, is like a month that one will not get to. When we talk of uh, May 29, May 29, last year it was ringing and all that. But May 29 is gone. And we are here. And June has started and we are running. Praise the Lord. So it is a thing of joy to continue to live and move and have a being in Christ Jesus. No matter the situation. And so I bring my greetings to the ministers of God in this chapel who has given most of us the opportunity to stand to share the word. And today is my turn. Praise God. It's turn by turn. <laughs> So I, I, greet, I greet our vicar, Reverend Canon Professor Chikere, and the CM and the wife, and Reverend Canon Professor Ifanyona, and Reverend Dr. Chupu Dianago, and you, the great men and Hebrew women of this chapel. I greet all of you in the name of Jesus. And I thank God that we are marching on and the gate of hell will not prevail. This topic, choosing the right sort of, the right sort of profit to make. <laughs> I, when I look at it, it was a difficult topic and I was trying to see how to factor it, which way to go. I made the first draft. The Holy Spirit rejected it. I made another draft. He rejected it again. Until last week, I made the last draft. And in this draft, I now hinged it. That the message must be on Christ. Every profit we make must have to do with Jesus Christ. And so I took this message in that direction. Every profit we need is complete in Christ Jesus. And that is the message. There's no other sort of profit we are looking for that is not in Christ Jesus. And when I made that draft, Holy Ghost approved it. So I, I want us to listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying to us concerning this topic. It's no longer my topic. So I divided the message into three parts. If I have time, I finish it. If I don't have time, I cut it and we go. He said, number one is know your master. Know your creator. That is a great profit. If you know you are master and you are creator, you have made a great advance 
in having a good profit, a lasting profit. Number two, blasphemy and unbelief kills. But believing, believing that your creator is full of life, full of profit, full of advancement. And the third one is keeping your marriage because family is under attack. Keep your marriage. Divorce kills. Separation also is trouble and it kills. So these are the three areas the Lord has given me concerning this message. And we are taking our scripture from Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19. Matthew 16, 13 to 19. Can somebody read it? Praise the Lord. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will... Amen. It's okay. Now... They were saying, Jesus was asking them, who do men say that I am? And a lot of people began to tell Jesus what people think he is. Which means, they didn't know their creator. They didn't know the Messiah. And Jesus now asked Peter, but you yourself, and I'm asking you too here, you yourself, wouldn't you say that Jesus is? Because we are looking at know your creator, know your maker. And Peter, after the guest, he said, Peter, whom do you say? And Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Wow, Jesus got it. Jesus was happy because Peter got it right. He said, Peter, Heaven, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And upon this thing you have said, I build my church. Upon this correct answer you have given, I will build my church. And, And so the church of Christ is built on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you know him, your prophet is complete. You have gotten all the profit you need to live on this earth. Brother, I want to tell us, and he said, the gate of hell will not prevail against it. Any church that is built on Christ Jesus will continue to march on. The gate of hell will not prevail against it. But there are churches built on Peter. There are churches built on doctrine. There are churches built on, on big man of God. Get ahead, we prevail over those ones. But any church that is truly built on Christ Jesus, the gate of hell will not prevail against it. And so, on Christ we stand. On his word we stand. And so, Jesus is all we need to build the church. Jesus is all we need to make on our profit. You can see the profit that they were making here. Everyone that is not based on Christ will fizzle away. But the other young lady who was making his profit with the name of Jesus, selling the name of Jesus, you can see the blessing that came her way. The word of Jesus is the word of God. He is also God. He is the Savior. He is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn of every creature. In fact, every day I, I tell him, Jesus, you are the firstborn in this my household. We are looking up to you. He is the first son. He's our redeemer. He's the only name given by which we shall be saved. And we must know this and go by it. He is the way, the truth, and life. In him dwelleth the fullness of Godhead bodily. In fact, when I see certain language in King James, how Jesus is described, I say, wow, this is great. So the right sort of profit anybody can make is to have Jesus and to know him. A rich man, a, 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 a Christian writer by name Rich Warren, in his book titled Journey of Life, he said that the purpose of life is nothing but a preparation for eternity. The purpose of life we are living is nothing but a preparation to stay in eternity. Nothing more. And he said that there are many days a man can stay on earth. You can stay 70 years, 80 years, 120 years. These numbers are the one in the Bible. But we now discover that actually you cannot live more than 120. Even if you do, you'll be a disturbance to the environment. And so, but what about the trillions of years in eternity? <laughs> you know, that one that is endless, that is the profit, that's the main profit for which we must know Jesus so that we make it. If you waste away these uh, few years you have and you did not prepare for eternity, you have lost. You have lost everything. So, the right sort of profit is to look up, to prepare well so that you make heaven. And for you to make heaven, <laughs> Jesus must be there. You must have him. You must receive him. He must be your Lord. Following this, we're going to look at the things we need to do in order to have Jesus very seriously. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. You can put it on the screen. Somebody can read it. Briefly, Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee. And he saw two brethren, Simon and Peter and Andrew. And they were fishing at the sea. And Jesus called them. And they left their boat and followed him. He went down again and saw more people. And asked them to follow them. And they followed Jesus. Now, as soon as they followed Jesus, something dramatic happened. Their profit changed. Their life changed. They became wise. They began to have grace and power and authority. They left their boat. You know, they were struggling with the fishing in the sea. With the wave of water, with cold, with mosquitoes, with flies. And all the bush that were hanging around them. But they now followed Jesus. And their situation changed dramatically. <laughs> and the Bible said they began to stand with nobles, with princes, in temples and in palaces. They began to speak. In fact, they, they became leaders from fishing, from staying in the bush. They became leaders. And they even have followers. People began to follow them. They became important. <laughs> Brethren, as you encounter Jesus afresh this day, you will become a leader. 
Some power will come upon you. And a new thing will happen in your life. A new glory will come upon you. It is good and wonderful. And people, <laughs> people began to say, are this not fishermen? Is this not son of Zebedee? Is this not the Galileans? Why are they like this? Are they not the people that were fishing in that forest <laughs> when they saw them now speaking and talking? Holy Ghost has taken over their life. As you receive Jesus, Holy Ghost will take over your life in the name of Jesus. And that is the prophet. That is the girl. This thing happened to David when he ran away, when Paul, Saul was pursuing him after he gained preeminence after killing Goliath. He ran away with some vile men, some vagabonds, some useless men. But because God was with them, the Bible said these men became men of valor. They, be, they became commanders of fifties and hundreds and thousands. Simply because they followed Jesus. Simply because God is with them. They became men of valor. It also happened to Jephthah. Jephthah also ran away when they wanted to kill him. And because he was running in the assignment of God and God was with him, all the vile men he went out with, all of them became men of valor. There is something dramatic that happens to a man who follows Jesus. And I will wish that this power will drive every man, this understanding will come into every man. And we, began to, we begin to follow Jesus. And you will see a dramatic thing that will happen to your life. You will eventually, and of course, as soon as you begin to follow Jesus, you become a man of valor. These vile men became men of valor. And so, brethren, let me tell you, if you are a student, get Jesus. If you are a businessman, get Jesus. If you are a teacher, or doctor, or lawyer, get Jesus. That is when your situation will change. That is when you will become a man of valor. A new thing will begin to happen. A new dramatic thing will start happening in your life as soon as you get Jesus. And people will be saying, is this not, is this not Raphael? Is this not Ngozi that I used to know? <laughs> Once you get Jesus, everything about you will change. Your story will also change. In the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 23 verse 11. Luke 23 11. This is a story of Herod and Pilate. <laughs> you know, Herod and Pilate with their men of war said Jesus at not and mocked him and arrayed him in gorgeous robe and sent him Again to Pilate. You know, Herod and Pilate were enemies. But because they were involved in, in judging Jesus, in crucifying Jesus, they reconciled. Hallelujah. Do you know, anytime you have contact with Jesus, something dramatic happens. Look at these two men, Herod and Pilate. <laughs> they the gross enemies. But because Herod had to judge Jesus and now move it to Pilate, do you know that contact? Two of them reconciled. They become friends. Praise the Lord. Brethren, are you quarreling with anybody? Get Jesus. You will reconcile. Are you quarreling with your wife? <laughs> Get Jesus. You will reconcile. There's a man, a friend of mine, a doctor. Now a professor. He was always going to the club in the night and he will stay till 12 midnight. Why? Because Satan told him that the wife is a Satan. That the wife is bad. And the man doesn't want, the man will eat in the club and drink and come back and go to his room. The wife is bad. And that's the fine woman he married. And so, 
the wife being born again, she came to my house and uh, with my wife and, and narrated her deal that their marriage was breaking. We told, her, we told her, no, it will not break. We held hand and prayed. And we told her, go, we will come and see your husband. You know? And we did. But we were not going to reconcile their case. So. <laughs> we were not going to tell them that your wife came and told, no. We didn't even let the man know that the wife even came to our house. We just went and I chatted up the man I told him about full gospel. I told him about what God can do. And I told him, I give you this card. We have a dinner outreach in Susan So Hotel. Please come. In fact, I now gave the card to the wife. I said, my sister, I know your husband is too busy. You will remind him. So come with him. And they came for a dinner outreach in full gospel. And the man saw men, you know, coming with their wife, gorgeously and sitting with their wife. But for himself, the wife is Satan. And after the message administration, the man gave his life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Do you know, <laughs> dramatic thing happened. That woman that is Satan became a baby. Became a love to the man. And the man, no, they go club again. The man no longer drinks, he no longer stays late because Jesus has come into the matter. Praise the Lord. That is one arm of this. Number two is blasphemy and unbelief. He kills. But believing your maker is the prophet. Is the gain. That's number two. And so let's read uh, Matthew 12, verse 31. Matthew chapter 12, verse 31 and verse 32. And in summary, that place says, All manner of blasphemy shall be forgiven. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven man. Including murder, including theft, including fornication and adultery. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven man. But, is this bet that frightened me? But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. I say, why? If you blaspheme against God, it will be forgiven you. If you commit any sin, it can be forgiven you. If you for, uh, blaspheme against Jesus himself, it will be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, it will not be forgiven you. I began to say, God, what the hell is this? Help me. I was worried over that statement. And I began to gain understanding from the spiritual leading of course, let me say something about blasphemy itself. Blasphemy is a form of unbelief. In fact, it's unbelief. Not believing God as sovereign. Not believing that God is all and all. is blasphemy. You are doubting whether God will be able to do this or that. You are blaspheming. Not doing what God said. Not doing what Holy Ghost in you is guiding you to do. You, you argue with Holy Ghost. You struggle and do what you like. What is convenient to you. That is blasphemy. Trying to modify what God said. You now uh, uh, corner the word of God in a way that it will be convenient to you. That is blasphemy. <laughs> When you will not agree on the laid down policy and statements of God, you don't agree some of them. You agree some. That is blasphemy. 
And finally taking the name of the Lord in vain is blasphemy. Now, from Old Testament, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God and ate the fruit they were asked not to eat. That is blasphemy. But they were, God abandoned them and left for heaven. That's why God went back to heaven. And now God sent Jesus, his son. Also, the same thing happened, Moses, when he delayed coming down from the mountain, Aaron and the Israelites, they met calf and said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. That is blasphemy. Because they know, it is clear that it's not that calf that brought them, but they are saying, Nahim bring them. The same thing with all the people in the village and everywhere that mount an idol and say that is God. It's blasphemy. It will not be forgiven. And the, the, but even in New Testament, <laughs> New Testament, Thomas said, until I see Jesus with my eyes, until I touch my hand, I will not believe. That is blasphemy. The disciples also did some blasphemy. But these blasphemies were against Jesus and God. It's not yet Holy Ghost. So, after Jesus was uh, buried, he, for the three days and the time he has not risen and the disciples did not see him, they said, I go out fishing. They went back it's blasphemy. They have been with Jesus. Jesus had told them everything. But they still doubted. It's also a form of blasphemy. But all these blasphemies, they were forgiven because God was initially coming down, but he left and went to heaven. He sent Jesus. Jesus now came and, and, and delivered man from the sin of Adam and from all our sins and left for heaven he sent Holy Ghost the third person in Trinity now Holy Ghost is the last gift, the last God that is coming down and this Holy Ghost is inside us <laughs> now if you blaspheme against Holy Ghost if you refuse what Holy Ghost is saying there is no other person to send there's no fourth God. There's no other God that will come again. Holy Ghost is the last one. And that is why blasphemy against Holy Ghost will not be forgiven. Once you blaspheme against Holy Ghost, prepare to go to hell. Because no other God is coming down. And so, brethren, let me tell you. What God and Jesus is saying is that there is if you make up your mind if you make up your mind you can keep the commandments you can keep what Holy Ghost is saying because like I give an example with ten commandments ten commandments is written in Exodus 20 verse 3 to 12 verse 3 to 17 it's, it's repeated in Mark 10 verse 19, and it's repeated in Luke 10, verse 26. The same ten commandments, repeated word to word. So, it is both in Old Testament and in the New Testament. Now, <laughs> number one, that shall not, that shall have no other God before me. Is this thing difficult to do? That shall have no other God except God. It's not difficult. So what God is saying is not difficult. What Holy Ghost is saying is not difficult. But we just refuse. God called it stiff nakedness. We just become stiff neck and we will not obey. If, God, if, if, if the Bible says and it's true that, that we should have no other God. I won't have another God. I refuse to have another one. I will only have him. Very simple. And I shall not make a graven image and bow down to it. I will stop making graven image. If there's anyone around me, I throw it away. Full stop. You have obeyed. And, and this is just like that. It, it, 
honor your father and your mother. Is it difficult to honor your father and your mother? Some people that want to insult their mother and their father. It's not right. And it's not difficult to honor them because they burn you. You see, do not kill, do not steal. Are these things difficult? They are not. So what, that's why Jesus said, my yoke is light. Come on to me. You know? So they are not difficult to do if you make up your mind. If you make up your mind. Tell somebody, make up your mind. Tell the other person, make up your mind. These things are not difficult. It can be done. Let us look at Hebrew chapter 3 verse 16. Hebrew chapter 3 verse verse 16. (laughs) You know, this is the consequence of unbelief. For some, when they had had did provoke habit, not all of them that came out of Egypt with Moses entered the promised land. You know, you have had the word of God. You refuse to obey. You are provoking God. You will not get to the promised land. That's what the Bible is saying. You are not going to enter. And many of them died in the wilderness. <laughs> many of them wasted because they, they refused to obey. They refused to do the simple instruction to be done. But all of them that obeyed anyway, they got to the promised land. They say, so brethren, take a stand. I want you to take a stand like the three Hebrew boys. The three Hebrew boys said, <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar, even if it is so that our God will not save us, <laughs> we will not serve your God. We will not bow to the graven image. And they were about to lose their life in the eyes of people. They did not lose it. No. Rather, they became governors of provinces. That is the power of God. And also, if the, Matthew 16, 25 said that if whosoever shall save his life will lose it. <laughs> but look at all these people that tried to lose their life. They rather got promotion. Not only that they were saved, they were uplifted. Praise the Lord. In Hebrew 3 verse 1 and 2. Hebrew chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. I want to say something there. He said, Wherefore, brethren, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. <laughs> when, when I read this one, I, I paused. I say, high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So, Christ Jesus is our profession. So, medicine is not your professional. Law is not your profession. Profession is not your profession. <laughs> Jesus, consider an, the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, who was faithful to him that appointed him? He was faithful to him that appointed him. Jesus was faithful. And that is the standard. That is why I said, that's why the Holy Spirit told me, everything about the gain is in Jesus. Jesus was faithful to him that appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in his own house. Moses also was faithful. Jesus was faithful to the point that when he was in pains, he said, my father, my father, why persecuted thou me? But not my will, but your will. He still surrendered quickly to obedience to his father. And father gave him a name above every name. And at his name, every name shall bow. The same thing with Moses. Moses was also faithful. If you read Exodus 2, verse 11, you will see what happened there, but you are not reading it. I summarize. The Bible said, when Moses came of age, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, 
he left them and joined his brethren in bondage. He preferred to suffer. Instead of staying in the palace as the son of uh, Pharaoh's daughter, with all the authority therein, he left them. He abandoned them and went. And God blessed him at Mount Horeb and commissioned him to be a leader. This is the man that would have been afraid that Pharaoh will kill me if I go. But he, he took his life in his hand and went. And went out. And, uh, and he became a leader. A leader of the whole Israel. That's, there's no greater promotion than that one. And that is what God can do. So every faithfulness goes with a reward. Goes with a promotion. Goes with advancement. Praise the Lord. And if you go back again to Genesis chapter 1 verse 15. You will see what happened there. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, told the Hebrew midwives. That as you do your office of midwife. Any Hebrew son that is born, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> the Bible said. But they feared God. The Hebrew midwives feared God. And they did not kill the sons of Israel. Pharaoh was angry and called them. And said, why did you not obey my command? <laughs> you know, they told, they told Pharaoh a very nice story. Very nice thing. They told him, the Hebrew women are not like Egyptians. Praise the Lord. Do we have Hebrew women here? I say praise the Lord. All the Hebrew women here say, I say praise the Lord. You are not like Egyptians. You are lively. That was how they put it. They are lively. Before you even come, they have delivered and carried their baby. They are lively. Praise the Lord. And so, because of that, the Bible said that, that God blessed them. God dealt well with the Hebrew midwives and, built, and made them houses. Hallelujah. The house God made them is not upstairs. It's Holy Spirit. The company of God himself was with them. God became a shield over them. Became a house over them. And that is what every Hebrew woman here is getting today in the name of Jesus. God will be a shield over you. Because you are a faithful daughter of Zion. Hallelujah. Number three, the last one, before I begin to descend, is, is keep your marriage, divorce kills. Divorce is a disaster. And the enemy knows this. And is trying and making sure that every marriage does not get head. But once Jesus comes in, the marriage gets head. Like the testimony I've given earlier. The problem with most marriages is that Jesus is not there. Even Herod and Pilate reconciled. In Matthew 19 verse 7 7 to 12 Matthew 19 they said unto him why did Moses then commanded to give a written divorcement why and if you go to verse 9, he said, Whosoever put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery. And whosoever married her that is put away, commit adultery. Verse 10. <laughs> his disciples say to Jesus, If the case for the man be so, it is not good to marry. If the case for the man is like this, 
it is not good. It's a serious case. And I want you to see it that way also. Because that is what God is telling us. If you divorce your wife, you're in danger of fornication, adultery forever. And so, Jesus in verse 11, <laughs> look at what Jesus replied. Jesus said, all men cannot receive this. Not all men can be able to do it. So there are men <laughs> that will go to hell. But not any of you here. Praise the Lord. There are men that will not be able to receive this message. <laughs> uh, Jesus said, all men cannot receive this except they to whom it is given. Not every man can do it. Only the elect. Only the believers. Only those who have made up their mind. Only those that are heaven bound. You see, he said Moses gave permission for a written divorcement because of something. Hardness of their heart. Many of them were beating their wife to death. So Moses said, no, no, no. Instead of killing her, give her a letter. That was the reason why Moses said so. But Moses also reminded them from beginning it was not so. From beginning they are no longer two. They are one. That is what God said and it's inseparable. So, but instead, instead you will kill your wife, send her away. Now, let me explain something here because it's only in King James that we have it. He said about fornication and adultery. Only King James use this tool, this, uh, use them separately. But other Bible will say sexual immorality. Except for sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is too wide and vast for you to take it to divorce your wife. <laughs> Such a, do you know lost? If I see a fine girl now, I look at her well, well. I have lost her after her. Can my wife divorce me because of that? It's too simple. And if you dress uh, like some of the uh, people at times, you expose your breast and your leg and everything, that is sexual immorality. But instead of your husband divorcing, he can just buy you a good dress. So it's not enough to divorce. So, but King James now said one thing that is clear. He separated it. He said, except for fornication. Fornication is if you engage a virgin as with Mary and Joseph, and you saw that this girl is having an affair with another man, you stop the marriage at that point. You divorce her at that point. You have engaged though. It's not yet fully consummated. And you meet her doing that, you divorce. That's what the Bible said. You know, Joseph wanted to divorce Mary. <laughs> but God said, no, she didn't do that thing you are thinking. The baby on her womb is by incarnation. And now, let's look at another reason why you can divorce. There are two only reasons I saw in the Bible. Many of you know Bible more than me, so you can, you can look for more. Let us look at Deuteronomy 24, verse 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 24, 1 and 2. He said, when a man had taken a wife and married her, and it, it come to pass that he find no favor in his eyes. And because he had found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her and send her away. You know, if you just, you, were, you propose and you are, going, you are marrying a virgin, because the, the marriage in Bible, as far as Bible is concerned, is virgin. And you have, you have proposed and you, have, you are getting on and then you wedded. But you now come home 
and discover that she is not a virgin. That she has told you a lie. That she is full of falsehood. You can just that night give her a letter and send her away. That one is approved. Because the fault is the person is coming in in falsehood. <laughs> if you read verse 2, verse 2 there, it says something more. That she can now, when she is departed out of the house, she may go and be another man's wife. She can marry you. That one can marry. Now, the person that will marry her has not known that she's not a virgin. Has not known that she's full of falsehood, that she tells lies. But he's ready to manage her. So, he cannot marry her. So, these are the only two points where divorce is permitted. And in fact, in this second one, she can even marry. But the person that is marrying her knows that she's not a virgin. She's not what she's claim, she claimed to be. Now, if you look at adultery, adultery is sex by a fully married couple or wife or husband with a stranger. If the man, a married man, or a married woman has sex with a stranger and not his spouse, it's called adultery. And there's no place in the Bible where it said that you should divorce your wife with adultery. That was the one that surprised me. You know, if you divorce her, you are in danger of adultery forever, except you remain chaste. In other words, if a married man divorces a woman, that man should not meet another girl, another woman again for life. If you try, it's adultery. And adultery is a sin against Holy Ghost. So my advice is, if you catch your spouse in adultery, forgive her. But get Jesus into the marriage quickly. So that it will not happen again. You know, Satan likes divorce. And he will quickly arrange an adultery partner for the person. And so we have to, uh, the en- we have to defeat the enemy by not allowing that to happen. In the first place, we will not divorce because of adultery. And if it mistakenly happens, we forgive. Another thing is that some people divorce because your spouse is an unbeliever. It's not approved though. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 12. But to the rest, speak. Speak I, not the Lord. If any brother had a wife that believed not and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. If you have a wife or a husband that is a non-believer, don't put her away. Okay? I should summarize. Don't put her away. He said because the believing wife or believing husband sanctify the marriage and the children are holy. So, we will not because of uh, any reason divorce our wife not because he's an unbeliever. If your husband is unbeliever, you're a believer. Pray for him. Stay in your marriage. If your wife is unbeliever, Pray for her. Stay in marriage. And finally, the Bible said in Matthew 12, uh, 19, 12, that there are some eunuchs from the womb. There are also some made eunuchs by man. 
But there are people also that made themselves eunuch. And I want to share a testimony on this. A man can make himself eunuch in order to stand faithful to the end. And when I got admission to Federal Government College Paracourt for higher school, HSC, my mother warned me not to marry from River State, a River State woman. At that time, my elder brother just came back from London to remarry because the River State lady she married in London did not produce a child. And I was going to Federal Government College Paracourt. My mother said, my son, don't marry from rivers. That was the reason. But unfortunately for me, in the class was a fine girl in higher school sitting near my seat. And the father was the then chief judge of the river state. And this girl, very fine, very beautiful, and very brilliant. She was beating all of us in the class. She would come first in chemistry, physics, mathematics, and biology. Jane, we confessed. And at the end of HSC, we went down to the University of Ibadan. She was reading medicine, and I was reading veterinary medicine. Again, we were having class together. Because the, med- the medical students and vet medical students were having biochemistry, medical biochemistry and medical physiology together. And Jane will come on time and get a seat for me. I will sit near her. And at times she will come to my room, she will make tea. I rest in my room. We were, we were like, you will think it's my sister. It was dangerous. <laughs> and we continue like this because that time I had a scholarship and I have also a bursary award. So I was a rich student. In fact, I was using mobilet. I bought a brand new mobilet in the campus. I was a big boy. And so, in our final year, final long vacation, Jane entered motor with me from Ibadan and came to Enugu on her way to Paracord. She spent three days with me in Enugu here, Tatsabin Edimbo. And we were eating together, sleeping together, and staying together for those three days. But that thing my mother told me, I heard myself, I was wearing rubber pants day and night. I did not touch chain. And we spent all that, and then we went back to Ibadan. After the long vac, we graduated in 1981. And Jane was returned to the University of Ibadan because she made three distinctions and was returned to do housemanship and I traveled to Zaria, APU, to do my NYSC. And I was also returned in APU as assistant lecturer. And so we cut off. That time, 81, there was no handset, no phone. I didn't know where Jane was again. No communication. But in, in 2010, I traveled to London in company of Dr. Yakubu Gowan, former head of state, as Southeast Coordinator of Nigeria Praise. And when we came to London to pray for Nigeria, the Victory Hall was full with Nigerians from all over Europe and from London to come and to pray for Nigeria and to see Jagawan. And I was called up to the stage to handle a prayer session. And when I was called, I had a voice from the hall shouting, Benjamin, Benjamin. And I, I went ahead and concluded and did my prayer session. And when I marched down from the stage, a lady came and rushed me. Lo and behold, it was Jane. Married with three children, but separated. A consultant physician in UK Medical Board and a professor of tropical medicine. And that was it. And I, I was 
faithful to my mother not to marry from rivers and it worked I thank God let me tell you let me tell you the benefit there is a benefit if I had married Jane I would have settled in London I wouldn't be in Nigeria if I had married her a very hot girl I know her I would have been in London eating hamburger and traveling all over the world I will not have been born again I would have been not been in Nigeria praise I will not be a national director of food gospel this is when I consider it I say wow that this is and because of that we became now friends. We are friends now, real friends. In fact, when my, mother, when my wife went to London for a conference with her friends, they stayed in Jane's house. Jane has invited me to her program in Sierra Leone, in Paracourt. She flies, she flies all over the place. She's in charge of tropical diseases all over the world. And, and we are now relating on that. But suppose I... Suppose I abuse her and did all kinds of nonsense and not marry her. She would have called the police for me in London. And so it is good to, to maintain a principle that God honors. Hallelujah. In conclusion, if your right hand will offend you, cut it off. If your right eye will offend you, pluck it off. It is better to enter heaven with one eye than hell with complete. Moses refused the temporary fame of being Pharaoh's daughter and later became the leader of Israel. Joseph refused a temporary season of sexual pleasure with Potiphar's wife. She became prime minister. When you refuse something, you become something. The three, the three Hebrew boys refused to bow down to idol. And they became governors of provinces. <laughs> Brethren, get ready to refuse something. Tell somebody you must refuse something. So that your promotion will come. Your blessing will come. So I just want to pray now. Because it is clear that every prophet we need is Christ. In fact, stop looking for any other prophet. Look for Christ. All the prophets will just land. All of them will come to you. Bend down your heads. Begin to pray. Tell Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, take over every challenge, every power working against my life, Lord Jesus, you are able to take it away. Take away every power, every evil that's working in my life, that is separating me from loving and knowing you and having you as my God. Lord Jesus, be my God. I just want to pray for somebody who may want to Indeed, renew a relationship with Jesus Christ. As he reconciled Herod and, and Pilate, as he did so many great things, uplifted these men that I mentioned. <laughs> you wait for your own. If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus, please just raise up your right hand. I will pray with you. I just say a short word of prayer for you. Yes, thank God for that hand. Yes, any other hand? You just want to give your life to Jesus. Father, we thank you for that hand. That hand you raised up, put it on your chest. And I pray with you. You say after me, My Father and my God, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. 
and my God. From this day, I have no other God. You are the only God that I have. Thank you, our Father. In the name of Jesus. And I pray for you, our Father and our God. I thank you for these ones that have lifted up their hands to give their life to you. Lord Jesus, I call upon you. Arise on their behalf. Receive them as your own. And bless them. That from henceforth, they will be yours. And their names are cancelled in the book of death. And transferred into the book of life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I just want to pray for all of us. Because we have had a, a message. I don't want to just live without a prayer for all of us. So you can now rise on your feet. Everybody. Just say after me. My father and my God. Everybody say after me. My father and my God. Help me to make the right choice. Help me to take the right decision. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus. Help me to be faithful. Unto you. And to your word. Lord Jesus. Give me the grace. To covet what is good. And what have eternal value. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus. I declare. In faith. That my body. Is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus. I plead. Fill me. With Holy Spirit. With Holy Ghost. Give me that faith. Of Moses. Of Joseph. And of the three Hebrew boys. In the name of Jesus, that I will stand faithful to the end. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, in your name, I cut off every desire that work against your will for my life. I am free from evil. I am free from sin. I am free from bondage. I am free from all the powers of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I pray for you. Lord Jesus, you have had your declaration. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by your word, in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, we say, surely, he had borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows. And with his strap we are healed. Lord Jesus, by your stripe, I bring healing upon everyone in this service. In the name of Jesus, I will mention some of these sicknesses. When you hear your own, you can shout a bigger amen. And I will go and sit down. And so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bring healing. Over every pain in your body. In the name of Jesus. Over every high blood pressure that is disturbing you. In the name of Jesus. I bring healing. Over anxiety. In the name of Jesus. Over diabetes. I bring healing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I bring healing over arthritis. Waist pain. Back pain. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I bring healing over eyesight challenges. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive your healing. Amen. Drop your glasses. By faith it is done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our God and our Father. Every cancer case in this place, I command the cells of cancer to die. In the name of Jesus, break cancer, disappear. In the name of Jesus, prostate issue, disappear. In the name of Jesus, fibroid, wither. In the name of Jesus, ulcer, 
command you receive healing in the name of Jesus. Every goiter, intestinal and colon disease, I command you be healed, be destroyed and disappear in the name of Jesus. Every heart problem begin to correct now in the name of Jesus. Every urinary disease, every ear, nose, and throat challenges, I command healing upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree healing upon everyone in this place. Every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system, all parts of the body, receive healing, receive healing. Receive healing. Receive healing. Receive healing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.